In a world of podcasts about movies, sci-fi, TV, and podcasts about sci-fi, TV, and movies, two women chose to add their voices to the fray. Two sisters. One woman was willing to go to any length to explain away plot holes and bad pacing. I don't think, first of all, much like the entirety of this film, I don't think we're supposed to ask a lot of questions. The other, though, had no such sympathies. Oh, I hate it. I hate it. Together, they joined forces to highlight the good, the bad, and the truly bizarre. This is See You Next Week in Space. you maybe have a secret talent? <sighs> no. <laughs> Is that the full question? Yeah. I know where you're going with this, but yeah. Um, y- no, I don't think it's, I don't think any of my talents are secret. Um, I don't necessarily do them anymore. <laughs> okay. I mean, I would, I would say like I have, one pretty specific talent and I like cringe at saying talent because that seems weird. Okay. But I mean, my one uh, artistic or creative hobby that I've had throughout my life would be singing. Okay. Um, yes. You're going to ask me if I would be a pale person or no, no, (laughs) I'm not asking that. But what I, I guess what I'm asking is, Oh, here's a cool way to ask it that I think will uh, lead us to where we want to go. Um, Have you ever heard the phrase monkey's paw before? Never. Okay. Um, So the the phrase is based on um, a short story, which I now can't remember if it's a Poe story or somebody else. Um, Mm Mm-hmm. But the whole premise, and when I say the premise, you'll have seen it in some something because it's used quite a lot. Um, Selling your soul to the devil or something? Not exactly. It's like you get what you wish, but it turns out in a creepy way. Like, (laughs) um, yeah. So, like, and the reason it's called Monkey's Paw is because in the story, the monkey's paw has, like, three fingers standing up, and each time a wish happens, the one of the fingers goes down saying, like, you've got two, then you've got one, and then it goes into, Whoa. like, a fist kind of thing. I've never heard of that reference. Yeah, I'm going to look. I feel like this is a, from a short story. I need to figure it out. Um, because no. I use that, the monkey's paw, yes, by W.W. Jacobs. Um, and yeah, the whole point is that, uh, you, when you have the monkey's paw, you get three wishes. Um, and then as Wikipedia describes, um, but the wishes come with an enormous price for interfering with fate. Yeah, that checks out. I mean, yeah, I don't know if I would do that. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. And as we get into like what we're talking about, I don't think I would ever do what the people on this show do. <laughs> right. Because I would be terrified of the outcome. And 
um, neither outcome seems great in no. my book. And especially, we'll get to it, um, there was one character in this who I felt like really didn't even get told the fine print of what the downsides were. Yeah, um, you mean the one that faced a pretty bad downside? <laughs> uh, well, that or... person, but even um, like the one who turned out to, well, there were two people who were quite talented, um, but like the yeah. second one to take the pill who was quite talented, like toward the end of the episode. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, I felt like he wasn't, even told like what he didn't get told anything and basically and he asked no questions no he was like red to the d like he was he did not care and that I mean, was kind literally, of shocking to me <laughs> yeah i mean it's interesting and like we'll get into it because i think like i think the overall like um I do think that they do mention the whole selling your soul to the devil in like some other episodes of this show. So I think that is supposed to be sort of a through line. And there are certain characters who refuse to do so, but they're also seen as kind of like pariahs. So it's interesting. Yeah. Um, I mean, I fit, what I would like is a pill that reveals that you've got this awesome. You know what I mean? Like maybe yeah. something like a hidden talent that you didn't know sure. that you were good at. And it was like, oh, in fact, what you've always been meant to do is be a fly fisherman or <laughs> um, be really good at what's in like something just like bizarre. Like maybe you were always meant to be a jockey, you know, like. You, um, wow. Yeah, you, like, take the pill, and all of a sudden you're, like, Ariel from Little Mermaid, and you're like, ah. <laughs> that would be, like, my wish. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, just that, like, because I sometimes find myself thinking, yeah, you've got a good life, and I guess you're good at your job and the things that you do, but what if there's this other thing that you've all, that would be, like, the perfect thing, and you never knew that that was what you were meant to do. Quote. Like, I'm not sure I believe yeah. that you're ever meant to do anything, but there's a part of me that sure. often thinks like, oh, what yeah, if... Yeah, I would totally... That I would take a pill for. If the specific side effects that show up in this show right. are the price, I would no, keep no, it hidden. No. <laughs> yeah, this is like a super dark cost for yeah. enjoying your talents. So, hello, everyone. Welcome <laughs> to See You Next Week in Space. Uh, I am Sarah Walsh, and I am here with my co-host and sister, Amy Walsh. And um, we are... What are we talking about this week, Amy? Part of our Halloween hoopla? Spooky month. <laughs> it is spooky month, in case anyone forgot. I wanted so we're talking to make about... an alliteration, and I didn't know what to go with Halloween. So Oh, Halloween hoopla nah, yeah, I don't know. was what I Halloween hoopla. Oh, okay. <laughs> sure. Um, so we were talking about an episode of American Horror Story, which I'm sure everybody has heard of or knows mm-hmm. of at this point. We're specifically talking about um, an episode of season 10. The episode the is... The current season that's coming out. The current out. season that we're in, yep. This, um, this episode is called Blood Buffet, um, episode four, and it aired on... September 8th of 2021, so we're right, this is 
definitely the newest thing we've ever talked about. I Yeah, I think without a doubt. And I was surprised a bit because, I, I mean, I don't pay as much attention to American Horror Story as you do, but I thought they often tried to time it a bit closer to Halloween, but it looks like they're doing a two-part, like, because this whole yeah. cycle is called Double Feature. Right. And I think the I think second usually part they is going to more be... Halloween-y time, I think. Yeah, I, yeah, I'm not sure. Like, I feel like normally, like, the season premiere is, like, October. Yeah, um, although th- I but, know that from Wikipedia, this production got super delayed because of COVID. Oh, yeah, I think this was supposed to be, like, it last was a, season, Yeah, it was supposed you know? to come out sometime, I think, last year. So I do think they probably pushed up, you know, they're just, like let's get it out as soon as it's done, sort of. Yeah. Um, yeah. To just, like, get new content out there. I don't know. Um, but, yeah, it is. So they're doing this double feature thing. So this first half of the season is called Red Tide. Mm-hmm. Second half is called Death Valley, which I don't really know anything about other than I assume it takes place in Death Valley. Yes. Um, and I actually, I've, been t- I've talked about this with some other people, but I like this format, the two separate um, storylines because with 12 episodes, 10 to 12 episodes of American Horror Story, it can tend to go off the rails. (laughs) Sure. And And there might be like maybe a little bit more space to do something where it's like, why did this episode even have to exist? Like, yeah, there's a lot less. It feels like, you know, I know, for example, like I really, (laughs) I really liked season two, which was the asylum. And with, it like it got crazy. Like it yeah. got to the point where they like added aliens at one point, oh and like actually I forgot that they did that. We should do one of those. <laughs> but like, um, and it got it just like went from being like creepy asylum to like something totally different by the sure. end. And I like when it this way. It was like the story was ex- pretty much exactly this the whole time. I mean, yeah. obviously, different things, you know, yeah. kind of spouted out of it, but like. It was just much more tight. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and so what I did glean from Wikipedia, there isn't, because this is so new, there isn't really much out there to say or to know. Um, yeah. So the whole premise of this double feature is one is by the sea and one is in the sand. So Death mm, Valley okay. will be happening in the desert. And if the posters are to be believed, will be probably about aliens. Um Yes. Yes. I'm imagining probably something like about Area 51 or something maybe. Yeah. I think that's because like the posters. I don't really know. I will say the posters all look very cool because it's like a lot of stuff where like half the poster is a desert scene and half the poster is like underwater scene. Um, I think a lot and a lot of people I noticed like before this season came out, like the speculation with like all the stuff with showing by the sea almost Every speculation I saw was it was going to be killer mermaids. That um, would I would enjoy that for <laughs> I sure. know, and for for your sake, I am sorry that that is not Although, the way that this went. You know what's interesting is I tried watching a show that was called Siren, Killer Mermaids. Oh, I think, and uh-huh. I think it's still being made, and she's not a killer mermaid, but she is vicious. And well, sirens, I think are like I mean that's like the original mermaid sort of and they were 
they were not sweet. Like no. that, all the, like the sweetified version is like what Disney came up with. And I had to give up the show, even though the concept was really <laughs> clever, because they showed underwater scenes, which I already struggle with because I don't like seeing deep water. Um, and Ooh, then you have, uh, you have that phobia that I can't pronounce. Yeah. It's like thalalassophobia or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so they had a bunch of those scenes, which were already tough. Um, and then when she's in the water and they did a cl- close-ups on her, she, her teeth get pointy when she's in oh. the water. And so there was various things where it's like, I think I got to give this show up. <laughs> I think that's why, I think that's why people thought that this was going to be that sort of, because there is a pointy teeth aspect yes. and they were showing the water. I think people thought it was going to be something yeah, like that. That totally makes sense. And obviously if you were really some sort of humanoid creature, in the water, you would have to be vicious. <laughs> yeah. It's without a doubt. Um, but in fact, it's not Killer Mermaids. What are we, t- what's the premise here? Who are we discussing? Well, we're, do you want me to like go in? So the, the general premise is that this, like the whole premise of the show, basically, is that well, what you want me to go I into? I guess just say what mystical creature are the mystical creature were yeah so the mystical creature that we get into in this show is vampires or vampire adjacent i guess i would say yes um Um, and uh so yeah all we really need to know is like in this case it's set by the sea um which means provincetown massachusetts which um, I loved. I, loved, I was already I always, like on board. I always love that um, New England is always a bit ooky spooky, um, and <laughs> and Cape Cod in general. I've heard from uh, like people who do live on the Cape like year round that the winter time there is dark weird. and bleak. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So yeah, I like that the premise is that everything is happening kind of over winter time when tourists are gone for the most part. Yeah. Um, and so in terms of the cast, I'm only talking about the people that were important to the episode that we watched, um, yeah. which was thankfully very few people actually. Um, yeah, because like the actual like main, the kind of drivers right. of this season were not in this episode right. because it was like uh, back, back in time. Yeah, this was like a, fl- a whole flashback. So I loved it because yeah. it was a whole flashback. <laughs> there you go. Um, so we'll start with good old Austin Summers played <laughs> by a man who sounds the exact same, Evan Peters. Like th- those names <laughs> may as well be interchangeable. Um, he's 34. Um, and you know who this guy is. He's in quite a lot of things. Um, namely American Horror Story. Yes. Um, but also the X-Men movies. Um, hmm. his big break was original season, uh, American Horror Story. And then he, mm-hmm. I think he's, I, when I was looking at the American Horror Story Wikipedia page, him and like maybe three or four other actors have been in nine out of the ten seasons. Yeah. Um, yeah. and... In X-Men, he plays a guy who runs real fast that I <laughs> think is, I think the, I think is called Quicksilver, but I am not totally Oh, that sounds sure. right. Because um, he definitely also appeared it's... in WandaVision as that oh. character. Oh, okay. Yeah. 
And you wrote that he's shooting a show about Jeffrey Dahmer and playing Dahmer, which I can 100% see. And in fact, he's one of the ones that I actually... This is true of any biopic, not exclusively serial killer ones, but I do take a certain kind of umbrage when you're doing a serial killer biopic and you cast like a deeply attractive person as them. Um, so you're saying you're okay with this casting because he's not deeply attractive? I just think he looks more of... I think he looks like, like Dahmer. The, yeah, like, I'm not saying Jeffrey Dahmer was, like, a hideous beast uh, physically or anything, um, but he certainly was no, like, amazing example of beauty Yeah, either, I mean, but I think... You know, like, yeah, I mean, there are certain serial And that's kind of how I though. feel, like, Evan Peters in the in the land of Hollywood... He is a very average-looking man. That doesn't mean in the land of life he's average-looking, but like in I will the say though, of Hollywood. I will say he's got great legs, and mm. like that's what he I will say. He did have great legs in this, and episode. we can get to that if yeah. we need to. But I that is like my main <laughs> takeaway from this particular episode is Fair his legs are great. Yes. Um. But yes, noted. I mean, he's he's not like pretty like right. some I just other think like Hollywood actor He just guys. seems like a better fit uh, looks wise than sometimes like you know when Zac Efron yeah. played Ted Bundy I'm like yeah Ted Bundy well, that's exactly. is like de- I guess okay looking but like but that was like what he but that was I mean I think yes I know that's what I was exactly what I was thinking when you were saying that but Ted Bundy was known like that was I agree that I don't think he was this like hot guy that people act like he was but that was like part of the story about him right. was he was just this like attractive, attractive and guy charming. yeah and really he was average but he just like wasn't he wasn't a complete dog at. face <laughs> <laughs> um so the next character we will see in this show is called her her nom de plume is belle noir mm-hmm. um and that's played by francis conroy who is 68 um she, uh, I was able to discern, had quite a lot of theater experience as the start mm. of her career. Um, and then started doing TV and movies in the mid-80s. Uh, but often really quite small parts. Um, yeah. Like she was in the in the good old Halle Berry vehicle Catwoman um, oh gosh. I think Boy, I she kind of remember that. Oh yeah, she was like one of the mystical older cat woman lady. That sounds right. But, yeah. Um, well, she's got a very interesting look, and I yeah. think that's I'm gonna say that's why Ryan Murphy hired her for sure. these shows because she's got I don't know what it is, but there's something about one of her eyes. That's yeah, I like, don't know what that is, but yeah, I agree with you. But he like definitely uses it. I think yes. to like it make makes her, her look unusual. It makes her look unusual. It makes her look a little bit mysterious. Um, and they've definitely used it. Like, yeah. she generally plays a creepy lady. <laughs> yeah, and that's, like, we don't really need to talk too much about any of these people, but her, yeah. I, what I thought was interesting about most people on this show is, and I mean American Horror Story, broadly speaking, that yeah. was their big break, was being on that show. Yeah. Um, and that's definitely true for her as well. Um, yeah. Like, she like she has probably the most credits of anyone, but in terms of, like, when people really started knowing who she was, it was be- once she was in American Horror yeah. Story. Um, yeah. Then we have The Chemist, 
who is played by Angelica Ross, who is 41. Um, and she's probably got the person with the least credits of this little group that we're going to be following today. Um, and I don't think it's necessarily because she's, like, late to the game. I just, I don't know, like, her bio was pretty light, so I'm not really sure. Hmm. But she only has... She's so attractive, She's though. really like, beautiful. And I kept thinking, I feel like I've seen this woman somewhere. So did I. Where have I seen her? And That's she what hasn't, I felt, too. She hasn't been on much stuff. Like, so she had a... Maybe it's Pose, even though I don't really yes. watch that show. But, yeah. like, I feel like maybe from the posters or something. Yeah. Like, yeah. And she know. was definitely in the last few seasons of American Horror Story. So then I was like, yeah. oh, I know I watched a bit of the one... That was the 1984 one. And yeah, she's in that. Yeah, that's probably where I recognize her from. Um, so I think that's that's yeah. generally where I can think of her. But she's gorgeous in this one in particular. Oh, yeah. Like her costumes, her, her hair, like everything is, is awesome. Good. Like her, especially her very yeah. first look of the yes, show. That, oh my God, that outfit. Like so bomb. That hat. I know, the yeah. hat, the whole thing. And then the whole thing, you know, like, she's my age. And I was looking at that, and I was like, I wonder when I grow up if I can wear a, a suit. <laughs> <laughs> she looked great. Her makeup was great the whole time. Oh, for like, sure. Great. Her skin looked and I mean, flawless like none other. Yeah, and I mean, she was, like, acting against people who were, like, let's just be, like, super real. Sorry, everybody. But, like, she was, like, Oh. miles more attractive yes. than but yeah but still in even in like a field where we're talking like all good looking people she's up there oh for sure um and then the final like objectively attractive oh. like you can't like i don't want yeah. anyone to say anything other because it's just not true no no not <laughs> yeah i'm not debating you um i know but i'm just like if anyone had a debate like come at me <laughs> <laughs> Wowie, wow. Um, you're so full of vim and vigor today, Amy. Well, it's um, a, we're not talking about space aliens, so I, I'm true. like in a good mood. Talking about blood sucking is much more up my alley. Wow. Um, the final <laughs> person we need to know about uh, is a character called Mickey, who is played by the inimitable Macaulay Culkin, who is also 41. Um, that's disgusting, but okay, I know move on. it is like the rudest thing I've said today. <laughs> it um, really is. And what I did, and so we don't really need to super say much about him because obviously we all know who he is. Um, yep. But I, so some things I thought that were interesting, which I didn't know before, is that his dad was a child star as well. Um, huh. And I think that's probably why, you know, him and his siblings were put into it at the ages that yeah. they were. Um, so he started acting when he was four years old. Um, he was a cute freaking kid. And he is the highest paid child actor there has ever been. That's wild. And that's a lot to carry. <laughs> yeah. So like. It's not for Home Alone, but it was for two movies that actually turned out to be kind of like his last movies for quite a while. And I think if I remember correctly... My Girl? No, it's like oh. Richie Rich and some other thing I can't oh. remember. Um, Interesting. He got $8 million for each one. Holy shit. And that made him... I mean, he deserved yeah. it. Yeah, he, he was, was great. He was like an incredible box office draw. So, yeah. Um, but so I then... I got to keep it. 
I, well, that's the whole thing. So he stopped acting in 1994, and that was mm. in part because his parents got divorced at that time, uh, and then they started a massive legal battle over who was going to have his money. Yikes. Okay. And so he basically was like, I'm not going to do any more stuff until this Y'all is figure out your out. shit. Like, um, wow, that's dark. Yeah. So he then doesn't. He doesn't really appear in much of anything between 1994 and 2003. In 2003, he maybe it was the good son that he got money for because yeah, that was another one. So. He was in. Yeah, I think that was a, Yeah, I think that's right. Possibly. Anyway. anyway, so in 2003, he comes back um, in Party Monster. I think is the thing in 2003. Oh. Um, and then since then, he kind of comes and goes in a variety of different things. But it yeah. seems like he mostly just does things that he actually is interested in doing um, because, of course, yeah. he has plenty of money and doesn't need to you do you know, whatever. need to do it. Um, yeah. So, in fact, this stint that he is on American Horror Story is the most consistent acting thing he's done since the 90s. And it makes it makes sense to me because I feel like this show draws, like, people like that because... Because it's a little offbeat. It's sure. also, um, it can be, you can come on for a season and be done. Yeah, like he can um, be like, I'm doing these six episodes or however, I can't remember how many. It's six, each. Yeah. yeah. he's He can be in that and then he can like peace out, like yeah. no problem. Get your paycheck and go. Yeah. Like, um, so I could see it being very, it, it, and I think that it is. I mean, Lady Gaga was on a season. Yeah. Like people who have like, that's a pretty good draw for a lot of. Actors, and I, I remember when, like, the first uh, episode aired, which I guess now was probably, like, a month ago or something, um, maybe a little longer ago, like, Twitter was all a flutter over the fact that he was playing this gay, like, um, oh, yeah, sex worker man. Um, yeah. And so, he, and I, and I saw it, and I was like, yeah, he's good. He's a good actor. I guess he always mm-hmm. has been. Um, that's his secret talent. That's not so secret. <laughs> and he doesn't even... I mean, it is what I he gets paid for, so... I certainly hope he hasn't had to take some sort of a weird pill to be good at acting. You um, never know. So that's all we really need to know. And the other thing that I'll say now as we dive in, did you notice how short the outline was for this? I did. I'm excited. I am... Um, it's like, I mean, I guess... <laughs> I, you know American Horror Story better than I do, but I was really surprised at, like, the simplicity, I guess, of this yeah. story. Well, this episode, yeah, and every the thing that's kind of funky about, at least what I've noticed, like, I watch it on Hulu, like, the next day or whenever, usually. Sure. Um, but the episode lengths vary quite a bit. Sure. I've, I found, and I, I that's a little strange. Like, normally it's like, oh... Every episode of a show is forty minutes, or right? It's with this, and I but think like some this of them one, are like an hour. Right. Some of them are this one. Shorter. I think was like forty-two or something. And I think that's one of the shorter average. ones. Oh wow! Okay. Yeah, like average for a normal hour long, like you know. Yeah, I think they, there's some other ones that are long, other episodes in this specific season that are longer. And I don't. I think maybe they just like maybe because there's one, only six episodes. They yeah, make and them a maybe bit this longer. one. Yeah, and maybe this one they were like this particular episode they were like, okay, we just have to like get this backstory in there. Yeah. <laughs> um. So yeah. make it its own standalone episode. I don't right, know. Right. 
So we open on a lonely highway uh, with an overhead shot of a car driving. And at first I was like, is it in the desert? Is it in the <laughs> snow? But then it said October, five years ago. And I was like, well, generally snow hasn't fallen yet in October, but it looked like there was snow on the ground. Um, and it does, they do make it seem quite cold. They do. And like throughout, and I'm not sure like when the rest, like when they snap back to the rest of the season and it's present day, like I'm not sure what part of winter they're at because they do act like it's cold a lot and they act like it's like just dead of winter. I feel like. And I'm like, October is not the dead of winter. No, it's (laughs) definitely not. And it's certainly, I would actually think October would kind of be. Still nice up at the Cape, to be honest. And it would probably actually be, like, the last hurrah of tourists being there. Rather than, like, this whole thing that they're selling. Because the leaves, they're coming to look at the leaves and shit. Well, not just, but just because it's still nice. Like, once it hits November, then you don't want to be in this, like, windswept place. And he kind of says that. That Dennis O'Hare character in the first, uh, when he's, so he's showing... The, that lady, the house. The chemist, yes. And this the is chemist. when she has her awesome-ass Luke. Oh, my God, her, out, her like, hot outfit. Wait, like, where's my notes about that? Oh, my note says she's got a great underlined pink suit. And, it like, yeah. I can't even describe how it's just... It's hard to describe. ...so chic and awesome she looks in this outfit. Yeah, because it's got highlights, uh, or highlights, I don't know if that's what you call it. It's got... Um, uh, Accents. I don't know what other... Accents, there you go. Accents of like pink velvet, like on the yeah, hat. And I can't yeah, remember if it's in you're her right. clothes too. You're right. And, that, and it's like kind of shiny, the velvet. And yeah. it just like works really well. Like at a jaunty angle. <laughs> Everybody That's... just watch this episode for this one outfit, I swear. Like you'd, you'd be fine. Whenever I describe a hat, I seem to always say it's at a jaunty angle. And I'm like, so maybe it's, <laughs> if you keep saying this, I don't know if it has any meaning anymore. <laughs> In terms of describing that. But I know what you mean. I get it. Like, it... Though she... Though her... Though her attitude and her um, demeanor, I would definitely not describe as jaunty. She's, no, like, very she's serious. serious. She is serious AF this whole fucking time. <laughs> yeah. Um, in a way she's that is... For a job. Shocking to me at some moments. Yeah. Um, so she's yes. there... And you're right. So a character played by Dennis O'Hare, who uh, is not super important in this storyline, um, yeah. he's showing her a house. And yeah, he's quite like, there was some real intensity when he was talking about how like the town used to be. Um, yeah. And it's, and uh, actually I should say, for those of you not familiar with Provincetown, Massachusetts, um, it's at the very tip of Cape Cod. And is famously known as um, a gay-friendly um, town and has been for quite some time. Um, yeah. I would say it's like the gay capital of the Northeast, kind yeah, of. Yeah, that and Fire Island, I guess. Um, yeah. And but Provincetown even more so. Or Provincetown has been so for longer, maybe? I, question think mark? Bo- I don't know. I think they both kind of started happening at similar okay. moments. I guess I don't really know. Um, but anyway, so it's this gay Mecca that's on mm-hmm. a beach. And so what Holden Vaughn is saying is like, and I think he must be talking about like the 80s and 90s or something. Yeah. Um, it was like kind of like to him a gay paradise where people were just like having sex and like 
wearing dog collars and like all the stuff like <laughs> that you associate even with like going into the Castro, for example, like all that kind sure. of energy. But mm-hmm. now Provincetown has like kind of buttoned itself up a bit. Um, well, and- I think it's sort of, I think he's supposed to be kind of like, my my read on it is like he's supposed to be like that older, and I'm not a gay man, but like that older generation yes. of gay people who like kind of liked the aspect of it that was subculture. Yes. And that was like yeah. uh, subversive and or whatever you want to call it. And now exasperated yeah. by the conservatism of the younger generations. Right. Like they're like, no, we liked the fact that we couldn't get married almost. Like we liked right. that this was like not this the like whole, That was part of the whole point was to yeah. be different. Like we didn't want to be the like two dads with a stroller. And he right. kind of, I think he alludes to that sort of like yeah. Yeah. shift. Yeah. So she's renting the house from him, I guess. Um, yeah. And so she's like, well, I'm here to do a job. I like I could care less about your whole thing um (laughs) and so then then she brings in this big black suitcase and she opens it up and we get our science montage which (laughs) you know I wonder if the remainder of what we'll do for Halloween will continue to have science montages because I do think it seems like a much more important component to the horror sci-fi genre yeah because I don't because I don't know why but like I don't tend to see it as often in other types of science fiction. But here That's it's like true. we've got to see the the weird, creepy thing happening so that we can understand yeah. when the weird, creepy thing goes down. Probably because, I mean, I guess it would be like, at least for me, like as a horror fan and not a sci-fi fan, um, maybe I need to see that test tube bigger to understand that she's a chemist. I guess. <laughs> and like people who watch sci-fi are just like, no, we get it. What we get, what we're here for. Yeah. And um, actually, this raises a question. So then the fi- we get the science montage, and then the final little bit of the cold open is like I think like a close up on a black pill. Yeah. And so she, so the chemist says that she has left her job, and she's like doing this thing on her own. Is there ever more information given about, like, what this previous job was or why she left it? No, there's actually not that much. Like, in the other episodes, she's... Until, like, maybe the last episode of the show, like, episode six, like, she's sort of not even mentioned. Like, we don't even see her. We might not even see her until this episode, if I remember correctly. You just hear somebody Um, called the chemist being referred to i'm not even sure if like that's referred to it like becomes it becomes that like the (laughs) the pushers in town or like the leaders in town are bel noir and uh austin summers sure so it's not you you don't like don't even know where the origin of this stuff is okay so we don't we learn a little bit more of backstory later on in this episode but i was just interested to see if any more was ever discuss yeah um and then we go into the credits and you said this is even a different credit sequence than what is usually well it's always the same music but they always like the images are specific to whatever the story is so it's yeah yeah so this is very science and like and I will say I was like boy is there a lot of blood for just a credit sequence (laughs) like just so much I mean I mean Ryan Murphy likes blood I know (laughs) <laughs> I know. 
Um, so then we arrive at an important spot, I imagine, for the entirety of the season, a bar called The Muse, um, yeah. which I guess is coded as, like, a gay bar, but I'm like, but it's in Provincetown, so, like, every bar They're is a gay, all gay bar. bars. I don't know. Yeah, and to be quite honest, like, there's not that much, besides the scene in, I guess it's not even that gay, but, like, the drag scene in this episode, oh, like, sure. there's there's not too much gayness happening no. for because it's supposed to be like the winter crowd yeah, and the I winter suppose. crowd is boring i guess yes. but uh so the chemist goes into this bar and she's watching mickey and mickey and she kind of i think she kind of gestures him over mm-hmm. and she's like will you come back to my house with me and he's like yeah sure and then because the he's like a hustler yeah. or like yeah. sex worker and it's yeah. clear because he's talking about it loudly at Correct. the bar. <laughs> Correct. Um, so then he, they go back to this house she's rented and she starts talking to him and um, like he's like, well, what do you want, baby? And she's like, I just want to talk to you. I don't want to actually have sex with you. Um, and then she says like, do you have any dreams or like hopes or aspirations? And he says that he kind of always maybe thought he could be a writer, um, mm-hmm. which I always find interesting. Is like that writers talk about writers all the goddamn time. Well, there's that, which is like <laughs> the navel gazingness of a writer who's written this show talking about mm-hmm. being a writer, but also that like it's the to me it's like the lowest hanging fruit of if you want to be a creative it's like i guess i could be a writer i imagine myself a writer and i'm like why does everyone think they can just do it like um yeah well it's interesting in this i mean in this show because also the other like central character that's not in this episode that like is kind of the driving narrative oh, he's a is, failed writer too right or like he's a screenwriter a, as well yeah. like a tv writer um so I think the reason we get so many stories about writers is because writers Write talk the about themselves. Yeah. <laughs> uh, for like, sure. But I just mean, I really think it's like, how do I want to put this? Like, it's the same as when I tell people I'm a historian and then someone says like, oh yeah, I really like history too. I like read some popular books about FDR. Mm. I'm like, or they say even worse yeah, I think I would have been a history teacher if I hadn't done this other thing. And I'm like... I like as, as if it's easy, like yeah, as if that's just like a backup. Yeah. yeah. And so I feel like writer is kind of that same way of like, I imagined myself a creative in another way, yeah. but I well, don't I actually because, have any talent at drawing or singing or yeah. anything like that. Well, I so. think it is, but I, I think that it is that because like, and this is not saying that history is that like, this but with writing it's like okay I know I can write things down I have the physical ability to do that whether it's good or not like I have everybody's got like imaginations and stories in their heads and so I could like put that to paper sure um not everyone can dance not everyone can sing not everyone can play an instrument that takes a lot more like external yeah I don't know so I think that's probably why and which I will sorry just to like interject with um, some stuff that didn't you didn't see in this episode that you might find interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, the main family that's not in this episode, 
the daughter, her talent is she's a violinist. So there's ah, lots of violin playing. Got it. Which is interesting. Yeah. So uh, in the context of this conversation, then the chemist is like, well, um, at my previous job, I was working for the government. She says that, right? She's been working for the government. Yeah. And I think she the military, was, yeah, she specifically yes. says. And, she, and specifically, she was interested in how to unlock or lock up creativity. And I yeah. think I think Mickey even asks, like, why would a soldier need to be creative? And she's like, oh, no, like, they wanted soldiers to be the opposite of that. Yeah. But to understand how to take that away from them, I had to learn how to add it. Unlock it first. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which, by the way, what a fucking bleak up. scenario yeah. to be like, we want soldiers who will not think for themselves. How can we stop yeah. them from doing that? You know, like. Yeah, I feel like that's like a subtle jab that they don't like. They don't. That never comes back up again, like yeah. in any other way. But that's a subtle jab at like our military sure. and the way that we treat them. Yeah. Um, and then she explains that she's made this pill. That unlocks creativity, but the catch is it only does so for people who are actually talented, mm-hmm. and for people who are not talented, um, you turn into a vampire. Well, you turn into a vampire either way. I'm sorry to say. Right. True. True. Um, true. But the difference is, is how do I want to put this? In they. How, do, how does she say well, it? It's the like way they she, both the way experience she says, rage. Yeah, the way she... And, and yeah, and the way the people who are talented, their rage is at the fact that they're so much smarter than everyone else right. and so much better than everyone else. And the people who are mediocre, their rage is at their mediocrity and right. the fact that they will never be... What they imagined the talented ones. they could have been. Yeah. 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 Either way, though... It doesn't sound great. What's a real bummer is that you got to drink blood when you start taking Yeah, and I'm pill. not positive she makes that 100% clear it in does, this first interaction. She, it seems like she's a bit... She, she glosses over that. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> I think she says, like, there are some downsides or something. Yeah, she. I mean, she says, like, because they, they did... I forget if we said this, but they said... She said they tested it on apes or and on And I primates. think she did use the word bloodthirsty. She did, but it, I guess it's not did. super. But she clear. was like, "We don't know." Oh, I can't remember oh, when this she is said why, it. But like, because this is when she's testing on humans for the first time. Yeah, so she's never tested on humans, so sure. she doesn't know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So then she says, this, "But it's not sounding promising." No. And then <laughs> after this whole thing, she turns to Mickey and is like, "You want this pill?" <laughs> and he's like, "And he's like, oh hell no, nope, no, definitely do not want it." Um, and then she says. You know, because Mickey is both a sex worker and, I think, a low-rung drug dealer kind of man. Yeah, he's supposed um, to be a meth addict, too. Yeah, so he's always, like, scrounging for cash. So she's like, if you bring me people who will take this pill, I'll give you 50 bucks for each person that you bring um, yeah. to me. And just and a quick interjection again about, like, some through line that's interesting is he... The, like, some of the, like, long-term people who live in this town that are, like, holdouts on taking the pill mm-hmm. are him and who, the character who we didn't really mention, 
but is affectionately known as Tuberculosis Karen. Yep. Um, played by Sarah Paulson, who I love. Um, they both don't take it for a very long time. Okay. And interestingly, as the two drug addicts in town, they kind of have a, they're sort of, I feel like supposed to be the more, this moral compass, like this is wrong. You shouldn't do this. Yeah. So I do find that interesting. So then our next scene, Mickey has come and he's chatting with tuberculosis Karen in (laughs) a bar that I don't think is the muse, some other place. Yeah. Um, And a character named Vlad is there. And he's singing. I love that you knew his name. I definitely did not know this character's name. I didn't know it until I looked at IMDb. So that's oh, okay. how I know it. Um, Vlad is a perfect name for this character, yes. though. So Vlad's there. He's singing karaoke. And you see this, like, glint in Mickey's eye. And then uh-huh. the next scene, Vlad has come to the chemist's house to take this pill that he's been yep. told about. Um, yep. Next we see the introduction to of Belle Noir, and she's doing mm-hmm. a reading at a bookstore of a very racy romance novel. Um, I mean. That is about George Washington and Martha Washington and their maid. Yes. It's intense. Uh, um, yes, it is. If I went to a book reading, I got to be honest, like if I went to a book reading... I did like the name of the bookstore, which was Tip of the Cape. I thought that was cute. Oh, but, yeah, that is a good... I didn't notice it, but yeah, <laughs> that's a good one. Yeah. Uh, but, like, there's three or four people there. All seem to be women, I think. And yeah. they're just, like, sitting listening to this older woman read about, like, graphic... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, pretty graphic, like, sex novel, basically. Like, yeah. erotica. And one lady's like texting in the back. Oh, nobody it's like a gives a strange. shit. Like no one is engaged <laughs> in this reading at all. Yeah, but like, why are you there then? It's just like it's almost weirder to be there I and know. be like, like if I was on my phone sitting at a book reading and the little old lady reading the book was like, and then she pressed down to her hairy nether regions. Like she literally said those <laughs> words. I'd be like, what the. F- fuck is happening i mean i guess it depends on how bored i am on the day i guess how i feel about it but i would not go anyway uh, yes this is what's happening so the reading happens you can see bell is disappointed the chemist shows up and she buys the one copy of the book that mm-hmm. bell sells and she tells bell that she has real talent and bell's like oh you know i guess whatever then we follow Belle out of the bookstore onto the boardwalk and she's talking with her husband Ray who's played by Jim Ortlieb for those of you who know and who that is. And he's just I've never heard of that. I recognized person, he, him. Oh like, really? Yeah. He's been in a bunch huh. of things. Yeah. Well, he's detestable in this show. Oh, <laughs> like truly one of the worst like for, husbands I've uh, ever for, seen. <laughs> <laughs> like, and I'm not sure for what reason. Like, I guess we don't know their... I think, yeah. I think honestly, they... I mean, it was a choice, clearly. But, yeah. like, he is so, so vile to her that He's it's, like... He's really mean in a way that seems uncalled for. Just, um, like, be like, hey, guess what? This is not for me anymore. Like, I can't do this. Like, yeah. why do you have to be, like, literally say, like, the meanest things you can think of? I mean, he says... That her books are terrible, that yep. they're disgusting, you know, because they're filth. 
Um, When she's like, well, why don't we just, like, have a drink and try and forget about it? And I think she says, like, let's go to the muse. And he's like, you want me to go to that fucking gay bar? You know, like, so. Yeah. And then he says, I think the, I think one of the meanest thing he, things he says is, like, she, I think she says something to him, like, we've been married for 41 years. Like, I've always been, like, this right. has always been me. Like, what's the deal? And he's like, well, I was working those so 40 I didn't years. Notice. But, yeah. So I did But, yeah, now being with you, like, I, you're the worst. Yes. <laughs> That's just it's really, so mean. I mean, I do understand in the sense of, you know, you've clearly Belle is deeply obsessed with her writing. Yes. Um, yes. And it seems like perhaps they've even spent some of their retirement monies or something. On yeah, I think, I mean, there's probably fault on both sides, but, like, we're not, we don't get let into all of, right. like, the stuff she's done but like at this point like he's just being mean for mean sake yes is what it seems like and and i do think like if this is where you are you should have left years ago yeah like oh my god like you should there's no cause to say some of the things that he says no if you if you deeply hate somebody that much which is like the only way you could say something like that to someone is if you deeply hate them yeah and if you hate somebody that much, that means that's bit, that has literally been festering for years. Right. So, like... I mean, I don't disagree, and it does have a certain... I think what probably is true is that um, if both of you... Because I don't know if she worked as well, but, like, I, it doesn't surprise me that maybe couples discover upon retirement that they are not perhaps as well-matched as they thought they were because there's just more time being spent together. Sure. That makes sense. Well, think about all the couples that probably broke up over the pandemic. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) probably, it's probably similar. Yeah, for sure. I do like, yeah, because the arrangement wasn't this and now we're doing this and fine. Um, But so, so even that seems reasonable to me, but I'm like, but yeah, but like the behavior of this Cretan is just so, so awful but i think and i think and i mean i did it by design i think it's yes, to make to him prepare seem irredeemable for what's gonna yeah. happen yes um because and i knew it was gonna alert, happen as this soon guy as he, is not long for this world no he's <laughs> he's point. deadsville usa and like but but and again obviously like knowing what this show is and where it's going like i was like oh dude like you're so fucking screwed yeah. like yeah you better sure. stop talking like that. Like, yeah. you are literally going to die. So they have this big blowout, and they basically go off in separate directions. Yeah. And Belle ends up, I think, in the Muse is where she is now. I think so. And yeah. um, Mickey kind of sidles up to her and starts talking with her. And then there's, like, one of those, not a jump cut, but, like, a cut that makes us know quite a long time has passed of them yeah. talking. Yeah. And then I think she's the one who says she wants to like have cocaine. Yeah, she wants coke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's and she's like, I'm sorry, you look like a drug person. So I'm asking you. <laughs> and you he's like, any. no worries, I am. <laughs> um, but he doesn't have cocaine. Um, and that's actually good because you know what I've learned from various podcasts? Cocaine in this country right now is very dangerous. Like it's yeah, there's a full, lot of fentanyl. Yeah, it's uh, fentanyl yeah. and like house cleaning products and like shit that will Ooh. mess you up. So, but you know uh, what? To be fair, meth you, is made with household I, products. I don't too. think meth like, is it's all chemically. No, I don't think meth is better. I'm just saying <laughs> that. No, the fentanyl thing I think is really real. Really, right now. I've it's seen bad. 
It's bad. I've it's seen like, like alerts. Like and yeah. I, that sounds crazy. It sounds like I like do drugs, but I don't. But I've seen like on like social media and right. stuff, people saying like, in, if you're in New York, like don't right. buy Coke right now. I mean, right. it sounds crazy. No, but, like, and actually all over the West Coast, it's even apparently quite bad. Like that to the, de- sorry guys, to the everybody. point where <laughs> if you are going to be engaging in it, everyone is like, you must test it before using it. And, and there how are, do you do that? There are, I have questions. I guess there are kits that you can get that help you yikes. know certain things. But anyway. But then, and, oh, yikes. Okay, that's like a whole other thing. But yeah. Um, yeah, meth is not safer, I don't think. Though. No, I don't think it is. <laughs> but it is definitely, I think, um, accurate to this story that he would not have coke and that he would right. have meth instead. Yes. And so that is what Belle does. And then she seems like she's having a great time. <laughs> Um, and in the midst of her kind of twirling, literally twirling around by herself in this bar, um, Vlad comes in and sees Mickey and is like, what the fuck was this pill you got me involved with? I feel awful. Then he glugs down a Bloody Mary. Um. Get it? Get it? I know. I was like, this is very on the nose. Um, and then he runs to the bathroom to throw up. And then he looks in the mirror, and then his hair is falling out. Um, and then... It's not going well for him. No, but, like, so this is, like, kind of the one time when these stories, like, weave together when everyone is, like, in the same room for a brief period. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then we return to Belle and Mickey's night on the town, and <laughs> Belle is like, I want more meth. And he's like, no, I'm not going to give it to you because it's never as good like once you, after the first time, it's just never gonna be as good again. Um, and I thought that was weirdly responsible of a drug dealer to say. This is what I'm saying. <laughs> like, there's there's some weird like moral compass things with the drug addicts of this show. Um, I mean, it can't be that good because then he does offer her the black pill instead. Yeah, true. But, um, or maybe he just like doesn't want to give it to her for free. I don't know. Like it's yeah, because I th- strange. That's what I thought he was gonna say is like the first times for free, but afterwards, ah. you know, because that's usually yeah. the line. But he was like, no, the first is that time what drug dealers do that's creepy. Yeah, yep. E. First one's free. After that, you gotta pay. Um, but in his case, he was like, no, you're just never gonna get this type of high ever again, and so it's just better not to bother. So then he's like, but I do know something else that you might be interested in. Because he's somehow, oh, because she tells him she's a writer. So, like, so then he takes her over to the chemist's house. And I think Belle might be the only person who fully gets a description of what she's signing on to. Yeah. Um, And because the chemist does seem to respect her in a way that she doesn't any of the other people... Yeah, because I think she, yeah, because I think, you know, she did read her book and I think she was saying like, they're really, I I think this is going to go well. Yeah, yeah. So I think she knows that this is going to be like an interesting test subject. Yes. Um, That's the exact way to put it, because that is exactly what the chemist's interest in this whole thing is. So, yeah, um, this is when she explains to her like, so you take this pill and it will make you like, it will put your talent and creativity into overdrive. But also, that's only if you have it, but I think you do, so, like, that's great. But also... You will need to drink blood. (laughs) Yes. And 
also, 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 you need once you start taking this pill, you can't stop taking it. You have to keep taking it forever. And the interesting thing about that is what we what kind of gets told to us through other episodes is what people's mo with this pill is is that or in this town, I guess, um, that they come up to Provincetown for the winter. They write four or five books. Uh, Austin Mm. is like a composer, so he writes a bunch of musicals or something. And then they go back to the city for the, for the summer and don't do, don't take the pill. Oh, it's like only sort of like, so that's what like the trajectory is. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. So, Belle ultimately decides she's going to do this. Mm -hmm. And then we cut to her returning to her hotel uh, Mm -hmm. to find that her hotel room is empty, which means her husband is still out doing whatever he's doing. We don't learn quite yet what that is. He should have stayed out. (laughs) I know. I know. Literally never come back. Um, Yeah. So then she basically just sits down at her laptop And we see a writing montage where she's, like, writing, writing, writing. And it's something nuts where she's, like, it's, like, 428, 429, 430. Like, 400 pages, yeah. Yeah. Um, And she's, like, isn't she, like, wildly cackling as well? Like, um, I I think so. And, like, because it's, like, yeah, I think so. uh, So she, so then the morning comes and she discovers that she's written an entire book in one night. Mm-hmm. Um, not even a whole night, because I don't know what time she got to the chemist's house. Yeah. Um, and as she's, like, kind of finishing up, her husband comes home. <laughs> Mistake. And and then what happens, Amy? <laughs> well, he's, like, still, like, ugh, he's such a dum-dum. Like, he's still goading her and being really mean like and even worse like, than before somehow yeah he, like he's he's so done and like he should have just stayed out because yes. he's like i went on that tour that i wanted to go on and i found a lady and i fucked her yeah and then i fucked her again and i'm gonna take a shower and then i'm gonna go fuck her again yeah <laughs> yeah and, and like you're disgusting to me <laughs> just um, i mean and then when she he's shows, so asking for it. Yeah, at this and then point. when she shows him the book that she wrote, he was like, yeah. "This, you didn't write this. This is good." Yeah, and also, P.S. He didn't really read any of it, so no. how he knew that was like a little bit questionable. But um, but that what's interesting about this is it's when he insults her writing that she loses her shit. Which she, is fair. Yeah, she doesn't, <laughs> seemingly the I fucked this other woman thing doesn't get under her skin the way the your writing sucks comment does. Yeah. Which I guess, I get it. You I know. think for a creative person, that's right, though. Yeah. Like, you know, like, if especially if it's something you're so connected to, like, having someone respect your your like thing yeah obviously them saying over and over i fucked someone i fucked someone isn't great but like if someone were like but also like this thing that you really identify as like your special talent i'm telling you is not good yeah i think that i think that hurts more in a way for sure so what does she do when he says well (laughs) 
<laughs> she does what any normal person would do. Totally, 100%. <laughs> she smashes a bottle that is on the uh, table next to her. She slices his throat open and she drinks his blood. Yes. And, totally normal behavior. And if you think this is the last bottle being smashed to slice someone's throat, you would be wrong. It is not. It is not. And I will say in this episode in particular, like there is like multiple bottle smash into like eating somebody. In the rest, do they figure out a different way of doing it? In the rest, yeah, a little bit. Um, Because in the other episodes, first of all, (laughs) God, well, what they do is, and we, we see a little allusion to it in this episode, but they have a lady who, uh, shaves all their teeth to be um, oh. pointy, and I think they just like do effectively just bite people. Got it. Um, um, yeah. And then also when they, I know it's pretty gross. There's some gross, gross blood stuff in like, especially I find like the direct eating of the blood from the human or from the person is gross. But yeah. there's ones that are even grosser to me. Like when they put blood in a cup, I find that grosser oh, for some reason. Interesting. Yeah. And in, in a lot of the other episodes, there's, like, lots of blood in cups, and that grosses me out. <laughs> um, <laughs> there's a lot of, like, squeezing of a bloody rag into oh, a cup. Oh, that I don't, it. no, that I don't like. That I don't yeah, like Yeah, I don't all. like that. Um, so, so uh, just to get a visual on what this is, is <laughs> so we end the scene where Belle Noir has kind of, like, a triangle of blood on her face from yep. mouth down chin. Yep. And then cut to new scene. We're back in the chemist's house and Belle is explaining to her what has happened. And the blood has now dried on her face. She hasn't done anything to change and that. Like my question, which I only just thought of kind of right now. How does she get like, to the it, house covered in blood? Yeah. Like, dude, <laughs> <laughs> like, what is happening? Like, I understand we're supposed to be like kind of a ghost town sure. there's like not that many people on the street but even if I feel like that's kind of a sight to see and even <laughs> if let's say it's so cold that she wraps a scarf around her and you know how sometimes your scarf will cover over your yeah mouth, sure sure then the blood would be wiped away by the scarf yeah. by the time she gets to the house and also like here's the other thing <laughs> and this is a weird thing to say but first of all like, if you were eating something that was messy, like if you were eating a <laughs> sloppy joe and it got all, <laughs> it got all over your face, oh God. are you going to just like, are you going to like Leave walk around? <laughs> yeah, I would, you know what I would do? Like if I was still hungry for it, I would lick my face or I would sure. like wipe yes. it. Like yes. you're not yeah. going to just leave it on your face. Yeah, that's a waste of food. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so anyway. But that's not what happens here. She's got this. <laughs> she looks almost like small sitting on the chemist's couch talking about yeah. it. Yeah. And the chemist, this was like really wild to see. The chemist is unfazed. No. Yeah. By she's like. What has happened and has lots yeah. of very clinical questions about yeah. like what was she feeling? Like how did the rage and how did the hunger present and like Mm -hmm. what caused you to do it and all this kind of crazy shit. And I was like, Whoa, this woman is ice cold. Like, and you know what? She's not even the icest, icest cold person (laughs) that comes on 
the scene in this show. And then, which, oh, go on. No, no, no. There's just like, there's a couple people and like that on the show where you're like, whoa, you have no reaction to something crazy that you just witnessed. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. So then the final bit is like, so basically the chemist is like, you got to get rid of your husband's body. And then the body appears on the beach later. Um, yeah. Then it's not totally clear to me how much time passes, but we're back at the chemist's house and Vlad shows up like at the door and he's like, yeah. I'm in a rough way. I need another pill now. And she's like, nope, you got to wait a couple more days. And and I'm pretty sure like what's happening there is she's seeing obviously that he's going the other direction. I think after oh, maybe. when you go that direction, you don't get another pill. Oh, oh. I'm I pretty didn't sure. Know that. Okay. Because I think after you take one and you're, you're already like, fucked. Yeah, like okay. it's gone. Like okay. you, it's like a steady decline into you're just madness. A, yeah. Oh, okay. Yuck. That's a. Do tell it's me that dark. side effect possibility. Yeah, that side effect is bad, and it's like you you literally. I think in like other episodes when you see like it becomes like a gang of. The, what they call pale people. Yeah. And um, I don't even think they have the ability to speak anymore. They really are just like... Oh, okay. They, like, do all that type yeah, of stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, so then, basically, like, because he's saying, like, I'm shivering and I'm shaking and, like, I need that other pill. And the chemist is like, you're just not wearing a big enough jacket. Put on a coat. <laughs> yeah. And so then he goes to the thrift store in town where we see a brief uh, Billy Lord situation. Yeah. Um... And she's, I really liked her vibe in this. Um, yeah, well, you know what she is? Like, I love, I actually love her character. It's not, she doesn't have that much screen time in this, um, uh, in this, um, what you call it? <laughs> this season, yeah. Um, but she is a dentist slash tattoo artist. Perfect. Um, Just what you So need. I do love that. <laughs> yeah. Um, but so... Okay, so then she's going on this thing where, first of all, I mean, I liked some of the things she said to him because she called him, like, anorexic Uncle Fester or something. Yeah. <laughs> um, and the other one I liked, she was like, or a vampiric Michael Stipe. And I was like, oh, my God. I don't know who Michael Stipe is. He's the lead singer for R.E.M. And he's bald oh. like that. And, like, because by oh. now this guy is bald and pale and miserable yeah. looking. And she's... And anorexic Uncle Fester is pretty accurate. Yeah. Uh, absolutely for sure and then <laughs> she's at, on this riff of how um all these gay guys came in the 80s and basically she's saying they all died of aids and then their yep. closets were full of all this like awesome you know designer stuff and it's ended up here in my shop mm. and yep. so he selects this massively 80s coat <laughs> Um, which has, like, do you want to try to explain what it looked like? Yeah, it's, like, got, like, uh, so it's black leather, uh, like, across the tops of the shoulders. Yep. And then it's, like, uh, black and white. Like not a hound's tooth. Yeah, but, but some, like, a heathery. Kind of, yeah. yeah. And I can't remember if there's, like, a little, like, a, another, like, splash of, um, leather on the back of it, Maybe. but it kind of looks like a, your typical, 
vampire cult. Oh, it's a total, like, Vlad Dracul, yeah. Yeah. Like, thing. It may as well be a cape, but, like, the most kind of noticeable thing to me is, like, the shoulder action on this coat. And I couldn't tell, like, if that was the coat or if that was, like, he, like, some something was happening. Because I think oh. something happens with, like, the shoulders. There's lots of... When you see in, like, other episodes, there's, like, lots of weird, like, shoulder moving and, oh, like, because okay. I think it's supposed to be creepy the way that they move. Like, sure. it's very, like, robotic-y. Like, okay. there's something weird happening in the shoulders. But I, or if that's just the coat, that is crazy shoulder pad action. I mean, shoulder pad action was very much the 80s thing to do. So maybe it is. So it went, I assumed not having yeah, seen any... Sense other part of it it's like a literal pair of triangles off the top yeah that's what it looks shoulder. like and i thought they looks, were just trying to make him look creepier but. well yeah but it looks almost like as if you had a coat rack in the back of the coat yes making yes. him kind of wider and ain't more angular looking. yeah um, I bet you that's what they actually did maybe. like maybe like in the show I don't, know. I don't know if that's what it's supposed to be but like yeah yeah it was um, a good jacket. I would. I liked it, it other than it like really the shoulder pad set, situation. It really set a tone, and I'm wondering now if, based on your description of the pale people, it sounds a bit like. Did you ever see that movie, The Lost Boys? No. That's an '80s classic vampire teen movie. Yeah, um, I've heard of it. About like a beachside town that's starting to be overrun by vampires. Mm-hmm. And so there was something there to me that I was like, I wonder if this is trying to probably like, give some uh, some nods to that. Um, so he gets this coat and then, as you would expect, he starts hanging out at a graveyard because <laughs> he apparently has nowhere else to go. And while he's there, he sees a woman who has come with some flowers and is like praying in front of the grave of somebody. I guess that she's lost, presumably. Um, Mm -hmm. And so she says, like, do you want to pray with me? And he says, sure, I guess. Uh, But then what happens? Oh, you know, like you do when you pray with somebody. There was a, there is a vase of flowers sat at the grave. He smashes it Mm -hmm. and slices her neck and begins to drink her blood. Correct. So... It's a little, it's not quite praying with someone. No, it's not really. It's a little different. It is a little different. Um, just a scotch more violent than <laughs> just a little. the original pitch. Um, <laughs> so then we come back to the chemist's house and now Vlad has come. And is, does he also have dried blood on his face? I can't remember. Yes. Yes. Because he's like, because <laughs> he's walking through the streets. But this one makes more sense and oh, is a little yeah, funny. Yeah. Because he's, wa- he's, he's like walking Halloween through the night and he's. Yeah. And someone's yeah. like, sick costume, dude. <laughs> right. Right. So he comes yeah. to the chemist's house and he tells her what happened. And because, again, she is a scientific robotronic lady, all she wants is the details of what's happened. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and. Unlike in the case of Belle, um, she's like, the reason you were so upset is because you've now discovered you have no talent. Um, Mm -hmm. And you're not, like, really capable of much of anything, I guess. Yeah. Um, 
And so then he, in his, in his continuing rage, he tries to attack her, but she has a gun immediately, like, pulled on him, and she's like... Yeah. I think she does get kind of, like, intense with it, and it's like, get the fuck out, motherfucker. Like, she kind of... Yeah, she says, get the fuck out and never come back here. Yeah. And Um, the thing that was wild to me about this scene uh, is she explains to him that nine out of ten people will have the reaction that he has to the pill. Yeah. And she seems like that isn't a problem at all. And is not, like, worried about that. No, she is not worried one iota about what it might mean if, like, I don't know if she's thinking that, like, only so many people in the town will even take the pill... Well, but even like, even if it's not that many, it's like if 90% of the people, if this is a 90% failure rate, what are you telling me? (laughs) Yeah, that's wild. And like, I mean, and, and I feel like with what we're given in the show later on or throughout the season, that's not totally correct. Mm. Like maybe in... Maybe in the large population, that's correct. But it seems like more talented people than not seem to come to Provincetown. Oh. Because at least in the characters we follow, it works there's out. only one. Yeah, there's only one that definitively gets turned into a pale person. Okay. Um, and the rest are like writers and composers and they talk about Austin winning Tony Awards and Bell winning this and, mm. you know. Um, mm. So I don't know if that totally checks out that the 90% thing is real, but, you know, then in later episodes, it's sort of, <laughs> I mean, she, it, it seems maybe, dark. Maybe this experience made her get a little bit more careful with who she let take the pill. Yeah, and then it gets reckless again by okay. the end. Fair but enough. yes, but yeah, maybe, maybe like because she, cause it, from her perspective, she probably wanted to see both things play out in a human test subject. Yeah, and they need to like. I mean, it also with this with that many people. Okay, so how do you explain a town where like there's a bunch of like vampire people walking around? Like they need to kind of keep that under wraps a right. little bit, and they Correct. need to like. In, in later episodes, we see Belle and Austin, like, when they go to kill people, they go out of town oh, to try okay. to keep it from... <laughs> and they, they specifically say they target um, people on Craigslist who look like they have stolen things. Oh, God. <laughs> it's random. Um, but, you know, that's it's a hard thing to keep out of, <laughs> like... Yeah. The public eye. Yeah. People just like keep on dropping. Or, and dead. disappearing and stuff. Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, so then we get a, a title card that brings us to Halloween two years later. And we're back in the thrift store. Belle now is like quite successful. Um, she's become kind of the famous author she's always wanted to be, and she's in there Mm -hmm. explaining to Billy Lord that she's, uh, there for a new look, and, Mm -hmm. 
really casually, Billy Lord, they both talk about how they killed some guys. Yep. They're, they're partners. I mean, uh, right. Belle talks about her husband, and then she's like, yeah, yeah, I killed my boyfriend. Yeah. <laughs> and it's very matter of fact on that. Yeah. Sitch. Um, and we also <laughs> learn that uh, Billy Lord has gotten very good at tattooing. That was her talent that, like, yep. got in, enhanced by virtue of this yeah. film. Then I think we're back at the muse, although it wasn't totally clear to me. And mm-hmm. um, we've got, we're f- around, talking around this table. There are four drag queens, and three of them are really reading for filth. The fourth one, who whose stage name is Patio Furniture. And the one thing that they're saying to her, I guess she's in drag at this point. Yeah. Um, about this is that that name is not good and I, I think it's really actually good. disagree <laughs> I, yeah I really liked it um and this is, I think it's great especially if, I think the look is not right I'll no, say that no I the think, look wasn't right at all and in fact I even wrote when patio furniture aka Austin aka Evan Peters performs mm-hmm. magic man um he looks quite male still like, yeah it's okay yeah, there's okay. Well, not that we need to get into it, but like the tucking situation wasn't good. No, and it was um, not convincing at all. I was like, that's and the a makeup man, was not good. That's a man yeah. in hot pants. Now, yeah, the as makeup you was said, good. Now, did his legs look great? Legs great, a hundred percent. But did they look like a man's legs? Yep, they sure did. Well, uh, <laughs> I think if the rest, I think it was because of the tucking situation. It was also I think, like he. I mean, they were saying that his name was bad, but. I'm like, no, it's that he hasn't gotten the mannerisms and the things that you need to do to really become, like, you know, because, like... Well, the makeup was bad, and that's, like, the huge part of... Yeah, and the wig was bad, and... And the thing is, I think if you're going patio furniture, here's the deal. Here's the look that I envision. Oh, boy. Because, (laughs) yeah, because the way you wrote it is how I pictured it, like, patty, P-A-T-T-Y-O, like, O'Leary, but yeah. O furniture. Yes. So, to me, like, okay, that sounds Irish. So, you've got to, like, have, like, something that's, like, a little bit, like, Irishy looking. Sure. But also, like, maybe a nod to the fact that it's, like, furniture, and, like, we're talking patio furniture, so, like, summery. I was like, actually, I somehow, to me, patio furniture sounded like a queen who would dress, like, 50s and 60s style. I don't know why. Interesting. Oh, I could see that, too, because that's, like, when people sat out on their patio furniture. Right, right. <laughs> I feel like. Exactly. But, but yeah, I think the actual queen could be cleaned up, um, but the name is not the problem. No, the name is to me. very much not the issue. He just... He hadn't gotten, like, because, you know, when you see drag queens, they'll often say that they're, like, um, an illusionist, right? Like, yeah. um, and the illusion is not just the clothes, not just the makeup, but that yeah. you are doing these things that are, that are, that telegraph, like, this is male behavior, this is female behavior, blah, 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 yeah. blah, blah, and... <clears throat> I mean, and that already is, of course, like, very, uh, like, cisgender, all the stuff. But, like, that's how yeah. it's meant to work. And yeah. when he was doing his routine, I was like, this is how a man would do this song. Like, yes. the movements aren't right. Definitely the yeah. outfit isn't right. You know, like, 
Yeah. Um, so that I'm like, yeah, the name is not the problem. And even yeah. like if you want to be one of those queens who has facial hair, go ahead and do that because it looked like he had a kind of scraggle mustache yeah. thing happening he was just over it like he was clearly doing it for like n- not um, yeah. the right reasons or whatever he did not care about the craft yeah. at all no um no no so then a bit later the bar has emptied and austin is playing piano and bell approaches him and is like you know, I guess it doesn't, she kind of acts like it seems like you've got something special or something. I don't yeah, know I how think she maybe, thinks that. I think, I don't know either, but I mean, he's playing, at this point, he's playing the piano. So I'm assuming she's hearing that, yeah, whatever he's tinkering yeah, with. I suppose. And that's, because it's clearly not drag. Like No, <laughs> no, no. And then he reveals that he's a playwright and that. Yeah, he's just doing this drag thing to get some money because he came to Provincetown because he was supposed to put on this play. But the guy who was going to produce it just disappeared. Right, right, right. And then we get another little flashback where Belle realizes she killed that guy. <laughs> yeah, because he says, he literally says to her, have you seen, why, have you seen him? I don't know why he says that. But like, yeah. and, she's, and then it's a flash of her killing him. And then she's like, nope. <laughs> Definitely haven't. Um, and then, and so she's come over to him and has offered him some kind of a drink first which he takes, Mm -hmm. and then she's like, I forget exactly what she says, but basically she just holds the pill out in her hand and is like, would you like this? And this is the part that I was just shocked. She certainly doesn't tell him, what does this pill do? I mean, she kind of says, because I think he's talking about his composing or whatever, and and he's like, it's kind of like a... I'm, there's a starter switch, but I can't get it to oh, turn over. Oh, yeah. And then she said, this is your ticket to, like, the turning over the engine or, or whatever something. she says. Yeah. Something like that. But she, one billion percent, does not explain the side effects. No, not at all. And he's, like, kind of like, what the fuck? I'll do it. You he's, know? like, at the end of his rope. Yeah. Like. So he just, like, guzzles it down. Yep. And then... Pretty immediately, which I thought was... He gets sick. Oh, right. He first pukes, and she kind of takes care of him a little bit. And then, um, I wasn't sure... I mean, then, it's the same night. Yeah. And I wasn't sure, because I thought it took a bit longer for the hunger part to set in than this scene suggests. Yeah, I will say that that portion of it, like the idea of like when the bloodthirst sets in, like is a little muddy to me in having seen all the episodes. Like sometimes they act like you need to feed like before you do your, oh, like, your first craft big... or your whatever. Oh, sure, sure. But then other times it seems like it's, she didn't. Like she came right back home and wrote her whole book. Right. Like so that seems a little bit muddy to okay. me. fair enough. So... <laughs> We are watching these drag queens talking to each other, watching TV, hanging out. Belle and Austin, I think, literally, like, kick down the door or something. I don't even know if they kick it down. They literally just open it. Uh, And (laughs) then, but then it's, like, pandemonium. Like, they are slashing throats. um, She shoots a bunch of them. Oh, right. And then drinking blood, and they're all trying to get away. One of them does manage to get away. Crystal um, Chandelier, I believe yes, it is. Correct. Um, 
And then unfortunately for Crystal Chandelier, she runs to the graveyard, which is a weird Not place good to go. Idea. And what is the final scene image like last image of this episode? Vlad sneaks up behind her and takes her out. Bites her neck, kills her dead. Presumably. Now, actually, this raises a question. In the other episodes, does getting bitten by a pale person turn you into a pale no. person? You have to take the pill to yeah. that way. No, okay. no, there's no, as far as, they never showed that. Um, they never showed, like, anybody turning. Like, okay. once you get eaten, you're eaten. Okay. The thing that they did show, the thing that they did show in other episodes, which they don't show in this, which, like, was an interesting thing is if you've taken the pill, the pale people don't come after you. So the pale oh. people have a bloodthirst, but if you've taken the pill, they don't have it for you. So if you're a talented person who's taken it, you're safe from the pale people. Yes. Okay. Correct. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of... I don't know why that is. It's but. kind of... <laughs> Like, and there are various vampire, like more mystical versions of vampire stuff um, mm-hmm. that posits that there are like different species or types of vampires. So yeah. this also seems to be kind of operating. Yeah, this is definitely like its own thing. Yeah. And because it's like this whole like chemistry aspect where it's like literally something that you're taking is changing the chemistry of right. your. Yeah, because um, there's a I, part where the chemist says that. Something like goes is like missing in your metabolism or something as a result of taking this pill. Now yeah. I can't totally remember. It's and something about, and that's why you have the bloodlust yeah, beca- or whatever. You need to because, kind of like replenish that thing, and blood is what yeah. gives it to you somehow. Yeah, and she. I mean, I think as the series goes on, like there's there's allusion to it, especially like in the last episode, I don't think this is a spoiler. I don't know, but um, that she's going to continue, like that she's continuing to modify and like make different pills that do different things or that Mm. like work with this um, because shit gets cray. (laughs) Well, like, yeah, I mean, she is an interesting character and I do wish that there... I mean, I don't think I really want to watch more because American Horror Story can get too gory for my tastes. Um, this one isn't the goriest. I mean, I this I will say like the drinking of blood out of cups is, was like gross for me, and there definitely are some grosser neck bites where like yeah. stuff comes out. Ooh. Um, yeah, <laughs> but that's really it in this season. Like, there's definitely seasons that are way grosser. More yeah. Yeah. But, like, I wish, I would like there to be more about what this chemist lady's whole thing is. Like, yeah, like why she wants to do all of this. Yeah, like what is driving her? How does she have the money to keep this whole thing going when she's left her job? Yeah. Um, Yeah. is, Is her thing, and I guess this maybe could be answered in what you were just saying, like, does she kind of feel like, oh, well, this black pill thing, this was like the first pass. So yeah. now what I'm going to try and do is refine to remove these side effects or come up yeah. with a different treatment that will address the side effects 
Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. And I'm not even sure that that's like what they're saying. I, I, I literally just watched the last episode a couple of days ago, but, um, the, I'm not sure if that's the direction. I feel like the direction they're going is darker. Not that she's trying to refine it to make things like less vampire-y, but mm. just like moving on to like a different thing. Altogether. <laughs> like, like okay. oh, I've like burned this place down. Let's move on to like, you know, like, um, but yeah, but she is an interesting character and I think they don't dive super a lot into her um, reasons for right. it. Which, I mean, is fine, and I know that there's many schools of thought that, like, particularly when you're doing a scary story, if you explain everything, then it isn't as scary as, like, this person yeah. just doesn't care. That What more do you need to know? Like Yeah, and the character, like, Leslie Grossman, who was not in this episode, her character is quite funny um, because, and she's good. She tends to play this type of character, I feel like, on this show where she's just, like, <laughs> she plays a literary agent or, like, mm. she plays the agent of the main guy. Okay. Um, so her whole trajectory is she's trying to get more clients. <sighs> and she's trying to get clients who, like, she wants to take these pills back to L.A. To oh, like, I see. Okay. <laughs> to, like, run an empire of, like, super talented people and, like, also weed out the, the jokers. like. Yeah. Um, but it doesn't go well. Spoilers. No, I, I can't imagine <laughs> that that would. Um, okay. So let's turn our attention to yawns and eye rolls. Um, mm-hmm. in terms of yawns, one yawn being like, I was on the edge of my seat. I wasn't bored at all. Ten yawns being like way too boring. Couldn't get into it. What would you give it? Um, I would say probably like 1.52. Like I, this isn't like an edge of my seat. Like I don't feel like that, but I'm like super on board. I, I like this stuff. Um, so yeah, like one and a half to just c- to not be like too excited. Yeah. No, I think I would go full one. I mean, it's, oh, okay. it was a very reasonable like length and mm-hmm. I found it pretty interesting like there was no point where I was like what is my phone doing right now let's take a look (laughs) yeah 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 yeah. uh, that's a good barometer I know um and then in terms of eye rolls one eye roll being like you know like standard amount suspense of suspense of disbelief (laughs) um and 10 is like I really struggled to buy into this world what would you give it (sighs) I might say like one and a half two again. Like wow. I'm on board. Like this is my this is my jam. Like um, if anyone was curious about things that I do like, because I tend to be a bit of a downer on this show. <laughs> um, this is this is what I like. Um, and that sounds that makes me sound a little weird too, I guess. But um, I'm yeah, glad I you're would... on the other side of the country when we do this, or else <laughs> I I'd be like you'd be co- scared covering my neck. All the <laughs> no, long. I don't. I'm not. I don't want to be. I don't want to be. Let me be clear. I don't want to be in this show. I don't want to be in these worlds. I would be not good, and I could never. I the like I said, the watching of the drinking of the blood, especially out of cups, is yeah. really gross to me. Yeah, it's because um, it's like that viscous. Yeah, and it's just, like, really a gross color. And, like, I felt bad for the actors. I was like, ooh, they had to drink something that looked like that. That's rough. Like, um, but, 
they, but I was, but yeah, I'm totally on board. Like, of course, I don't think this is like reality, but yeah, I was on board for it. So not that many eye rolls from me. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I guess I will be similar. I Maybe I'd go three just to be kind of sort of like a little room for improvement perhaps, but, um, <laughs> just to be a contrarian, yeah, I suppose. Yeah, <laughs> indeed. And not even that much of a one. Um, <laughs> Because uh, what I will say is, as I've said, I think a number of times over the past few things we've watched, like, um, there's nothing super new or groundbreaking here. Um, yeah. At least not in this episode. Maybe, like, if I were to watch the remaining shows, I would feel differently. Um, I mean, there is, I will say, just a quick little, like, <laughs> I don't know if this is new or groundbreaking, but interesting is that the the main family unit unit that we don't see in this episode has a daughter who's about, I don't know how old she's supposed to be, 10 or 11 maybe. Okay. Um, and she takes the pill because she's a violinist. Woof. And she gets real mean. Like, she is a little bit of a bee. bee? Um, <laughs> she is real mean. Like, she says shit to her mom like, when, you're mediocre. When girls um, are under 18, they can only be called bees. They can't be called yeah. bitches. I yeah, agree. she is a, but she's a big B. <laughs> like she <laughs> is, and the mo- her mom is pregnant. Her mom has a baby, and at one point, her mom wakes up in the middle of the night to find this little daughter standing over chewing the, the foot <gasps> of the oh, baby. Oh, I don't like it. I don't like that at all. No. And no, but no. they say to the mom, they're like, "Oh no, no, you were just dreaming. You were having like a postpartum dream. That's not real." Oh God. So anyway, yikes. That's um, a visual that yeah. you all wanted. No, I mean, I will say it's not 100% novel, but it is a bit of a different take because uh, the science fiction vampire we don't see often. Um, mm-hmm. We often see a zombie that's the result yeah. of something going out of control. Um, there yeah. are some, I think there are some sci-fi movies where the premise is that a virus turns people into vampires, but, the, but it's mm. very much... Un, it's more unusual than a more mm-hmm. mystical take to vampires. Um, mm-hmm. So I do like that. I appreciate that. But that being said, I don't know. Like, what they do with it isn't super different from what I would expect. So Yeah, that's fair. That's kind and of I mean, where I, I feel the three That's goes. fair. I'd be curious on this one, like, where it would have gone had they had 12 <laughs> episodes. <Yeah. laughs> like, I'm not sure it would have been good. I think it could have, like, been crazy, um, which is where most of the seasons go. But but it would have been interesting. But sure. I think it was the right uh, amount. I mean, I saw questions at the end. Like, in the last episode, I was like, so... <laughs> what? what? Do we what take away? What do we do here? now? Like, yeah. Um, what? So, yeah. I guess by way of wrapping up, uh, instead of did you like this and would you recommend it? Because I think the answer to both of those is yes. Yes, I would, and I have. How would you? <laughs> how would you place this season amongst the oh. seasons you've watched? Like, would you say this is a oh, pretty a good, good one or like a more middle of yeah. the road? What do you think? I would say this is pretty good. This is one of the ones I was, like, more into. I would say my top three 
seasons are um, Cult, which mm. was season seven-ish, I think. Intriguing. Um, 1984, which was the last season. Yep. And probably this one would be like my oh, top three. That's pretty so good. So it's up there, I would say, for that's me. Yeah. Good. I liked the province town of it all. Yeah. <laughs> I like, no, I did like that know, aspect to it for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I was into the season. Yeah. All right. Well, I think that's a really ringing endorsement. If what we've said <laughs> piques your interest, there are five additional episodes, episodes that you yeah. can watch. I sometimes like to, when it's not like drawing me out to like 10 or 12 installments of thing I've got to watch. Yeah, it's not a crazy commitment. It's, you know, if and if you're not into it, you can um, let it go. <laughs> yeah, and I do, I mean, I don't think I will go back and watch more episodes, but I do wonder what it would be like to start with this one and then, like, because you're meant to see this after you've seen, like, the first yeah. three, I think. It would probably be um, weird. <laughs> yeah, I just wonder. I mean, but interesting like, technically at the same this, time. Because technically this happens first, right? Like, so. Yes. So presumably it should work either way. Um, yeah. But I think it would. I think it'd be interesting. I, I mean, I'd, I'd be curious now that I've, because I, I watched, rewatched this episode to go back to the first episode to remind myself, like, how exactly Where do we, we go? Yeah. Like, where yeah. do we open up after this yeah. time? Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Amy. I'm Sarah. And thank you, everyone, for listening to us. And we will see you next week in space. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of See You Next Week in Space. This is a production by Amy and Sarah Walsh with artwork provided by Riley Brown. If you'd like to learn more about our show, please check us out at seeyounextweekinspace.com or follow us on Instagram at seeyounextweekinspace. Until the next one.